everything from overlanding your stock rig to full-blown Ellis Power 2 Bucky's on stickies. This is the Total Off-Road Podcast. I'm Mike. And I'm Mike. And I'm Mike. And this is episode blankety blank 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 blank. <laughs> so this is a filler sode, meaning that we are recording this podcast to fill when we can't record a podcast. So when you guys hear this, nobody knows. We really have no idea. Time is irrelevant in this episode. Hopefully, we are still alive. Yeah, there's no telling. You don't even know when we're recording this. We could be recording this in 2021 or 2028. There's just no telling. <laughs> this was recorded in 2017 <laughs> before the podcast existed. Yeah, this is a this is a filler <laughs> sode. We actually thought of everything from overlanding your stock rig to full blown Ellis Powder two bogies on stickies in 2017, and Steve stole it from us. And Ian also. And Ian. And now we've taken it, it back. Us. Wait. Now that Did means we? that means that we've seen the future. Hmm. hmm. I don't think we should give away our time machine details just yet. You, I was just going to make a joke, but now you made it serious. <laughs> Sorry, Derek. Damn. <laughs> uh, this was recorded. Should we tell them when this was recorded? No. Does it matter? Okay. All right. No, it's irrelevant. All that matters is that we're hanging out with a third mic. I mean, a second mic. And uh, <laughs> he does cool stuff. That's right. Keeps them guessing on the time frame. Speaking exactly. of cool stuff, Mike Growy is here. M Grow, M Growy, right on Instagram. Yes, sir, that's M G R O H E. Is that it? No, no dot, no uh, underscore, just M Growy. Straight, simple man. Keep it simple. Good stuff. It's a different podcast. No, <laughs> mm-hmm. Kind of. <laughs> Sort of. uh, so we're not, you're, I would say you're in studio, but you're not. We're all actually apart as has been typical recently. Um, are we in two or three different time zones? Growy, are you in Illinois time zone or central. Indiana's? And you're central, even though you live in Indiana. What's yeah, because the uh, three Northwest counties in Indiana, they do so much stuff with Chicago. They just keep it on central time zone. So it's just like a little like C-shaped top Northwest corner of Indiana is in central. Yeah, it's so like weird. the only part of Indiana that does emissions, too, which is some BS, but... How does I mean, that work? They do emissions, but you just, like, plug it in the OBD sensor, and if it reads Even good, though, like, good. half the country's freight moves through this area on I-80 every day, they still make everyone who lives here make sure that your stuff runs good. I've seen some so, of the cars in Indiana. <laughs> it's probably smart. <laughs> so what do you do with the pickup? Like, does it still have cats and stuff? It still has cats. Actually, I was going to drive it the other day. I was actually going to go uh, do an emissions test so I could renew the plates. And uh, lo and behold, it had a check engine light for uh, one of the O2 sensors. And I was just like, you know what? Forget this day. I'm going back home. I'm drinking beer. It was one of those cold days. <laughs> and it was just like, no, we're, we're not doing this today. So, And then plans kind of changed a little bit, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Yeah. Okay. So I want to know about this O2 sensor code. Like, I don't know how uh, emissions testing works. I've never done it. So do they connect and they're like, it's good? Or do they actually check to see if the monitor passed? They just check. Oh, you need to do two drive cycles to make sure that it's good. Yeah, they just check to the OBD2 sensor. I've heard, though, that if you, in Indiana, if you, like, have a code and you do something to reset it, you have to actually drive, like, 100 miles. Otherwise, that code is still going to stay in the log and will fail you. So... 
That's what I was wondering is, can you just clear it like five minutes before you go in? No. Damn it. They do wait to see. They're not. They're not. The, for the emissions and the uh, BMV in Indiana, they are not state workers or contracted, so they actually give a crap and they actually do what they're supposed to do. So that's how it is in Darn. California. We had we just did Emily's Honda. Um, I took it to the emissions place, and like, I mean, mostly they just plugged it in. Like after a certain year, I think right. after two thousand, they plug it in, and then they like give everything a once over. But the Honda is completely stock, so they open the hood. They make sure everything's there that's supposed to be there. They didn't even like look underneath it, you know. But I know when I bring the truck to them, it will be not that simple. But it, the truck has probably cats. not. They're just. I even asked the guy when I was there because I was like, he's not the one doing the truck right now, so I can ask him his honest opinion. I'm right. Like, it has stock cats, but they're in a different place. He's like, so it's a cat back, and I'm like, no, it has full custom exhaust from manifold all the way back. It has stock cats and the O2 sensors are the same distance from the cats and the same distance from the manifolds as they were when they were factory. And he's like, I don't know, man. <laughs> he was like overwhelmed. He's like, I don't know how to answer this. I'm, I don't want to lose my job. He's like, he gave me this flyer that says, ask the state smog referee. <laughs> so I guess I can call them and figure out if I want to do this. Or I think the thing that most people do is just find a shop that is like, yeah, because they're contractors, so you just find a shop that's cool and like explain to yeah. them like this is all stock stuff. It's just in a weird spot because they had to clear this bracket for the suspension. The cat Y pipe is actually the one that uh, I got from Shane, courtesy of actually you, Mike, back in the day. I don't know if you remember that story. Or not. Oh yeah, you started up your truck one day and it was very loud, and you were like, "That's yep. unusual." Maybe I'm yeah, just yeah. I my truck one day in the morning and it's <laughs> extremely, extremely loud. And this was like, gosh, seven years ago, I think, or six. Was so and, long. Uh, ago. It is obnoxiously loud, and I'm actually a little bit late for work. My boss was coming into town and going to the house. I'm like, I asked stuff my wife, and I'm like, are you going anywhere today? And she's like, no, no, no. I'm like, all right, I'm taking your van. And she's like, what's wrong with your truck? I'm like, I don't know, but I'm running late. Gotta go. Okay, uh-huh. but back out, leave, go to work, handle my boss, be in there. Okay, no big deal come home and you guys remember my other house lived at it was kind of at the end of like two streets kind of like a big u and i come home the other direction i pull around the end of the street and i see two wires dangling down underneath the truck wires that you would see plugged into o2 sensors so right away i knew mother someone did something and i look underneath there and two cuts right behind the flanges where the manifold goes up to the or where they, the white pipe goes up to the manifolds and uh i'm surprised in here because it was like right outside our house my bedroom we lived up on the second floor but um it was just amazed that these people had the audacity to cut them out and That's crazy. Uh, months months later i actually talked to a guy who's now the police chief in this town and there was actually a guy who's running a crooked exhaust shop two towns away and he got a little hard on times and uh he went a little crazy with a lot of people's cutting their exhaust yeah like converters so they and, caught uh, the felder well they caught a fella there's so many people yeah, doing it it's hard but, to say uh, you know it was kind of like well what do i do now but thankfully our buddy shane had a why pipe he wasn't going to use and he was like you can have a man for next to nothing and uh mike just so happened to be in st louis at the time so how convenient so mike brought it back to champagne i met him next day for lunch bought him some lunch for the inconvenience and uh moved on my way the only annoying part was i think it was a two-wheel drive y pipe because it hit the 
uh, transmission cross member, but I just kind of cut it out and boxed out a little cutout and went on my way. And I fixed it for a hundred bucks, you know, which was way better than, you know, trying to find one at the dealer or something. Cause aftermarket, aftermarket catalytic converters on these trucks just never seemed to be very good quality. And at that point, it was still kind of a daily driver per se. So, you know, kind of be throwing a, no, PO 420, PO 430, like next yeah. day, like fuck. <laughs> that was actually that was actually one of the uh, first times where when I was underneath my truck, I started noticing how bad the the rockers were starting to rust, which kind of tumbled into my whole progression of you know this was a nice truck and now there's a bunch of rust on it and it was just you know that's kind of where it all started the slippery slope so. A slippery slope indeed. Isn't Grody. that funny? Yeah. <laughs> Tell us how slippery that slope is. Actually, can we pause for a second? Because we haven't <laughs> yeah. done this yet. Mike, what are you drinking? Oh, Actually, shit. Actually, wait. Let's do the thing. Here we go. Ready? I think that was a good one. Oh, it didn't open all the way. There we go. Forced it open. Mike, what are you drinking? Dude, Derek, I'm going to be honest with you. I The can's downstairs. I have the beer right here. This is, uh, <laughs> I forgot who makes it. <laughs> but it's not is, very good this either. Is a, this is a stout and it kind of sucks. <laughs> okay. And that's <laughs> that's kind all of I really stout. know. I'm just drinking it. I bought a four pack of this stuff, whatever it is. And it's just kind of mediocre. And uh, I'm just drinking it because it's in my fridge and I have to drink it because, you know, it's in there. So it's just like, okay, you know how Guinness doesn't really taste like much. No offense to those of you that really like Guinness, but it doesn't taste like much. This is like a step above Guinness where it's like, I can tell this is a stout, but it's not impressing me. Yeah, gotcha. Girl, I already know what you're drinking, so you can go ahead and go next. I'm drinking a Michelob Ultra right now, so. All right. Well, we're going to just brush on past that one. I had a piece of Spotted Cow I was about to get into, but uh, my daughter is a... Your daughter drank it? No. (laughs) It's an 11-year-old. They're uh, they do fundraisers. Her travel softball team does fundraisers, she, she and they're doing like a adult, you know, alcohol like, <laughs> like the first Super Bowl. And I'm like, I walk into practice with like a case of spotted cow. Thank you. And uh, wait, hold on, what the hell just happened? Hey man, when you got three kids, you just gotta get the <laughs> oldest one. You, know, you point to a Michelob Ultra and say, "Can I have another one?" And off she goes. So I'm, that's what I'm saying, man. I'm pretty sure your daughter's selling beer, and she's giving you beers, and. You're... Kind of shady no, parenting you doing a, over there, girl? She did have a sleepover last night with uh, like half of her softball team here, and the one girl was oh, like, "God, truly." And I'm like, "You are ten years old, and you were like barely four feet. Like, why would they go away? You know, go do something." They asked you, they, they, do, your daughter's friend asked you for a truly. Oh yeah, and she was like serious about it, and I'm like, "Wow, I'm gonna count everything that's in my fridge right now, and I'm gonna check and." She was joking, but still, wow. it's like some hmm. kids nowadays just the like, audacity. I was thinking the like same thing, the audacity. <laughs> Thankfully, we raise our daughter way better than that. She's smiling as she's looking. She at just her steals now. the trulies. <laughs> she doesn't ask. Nobody <laughs> counts the trulies. They're like, oh, you know, my friend just beer. asked for a truly and my dad counted them. I'm going to drink one and get her in trouble. <laughs> well, you know, we. We all have our stories from childhood, but I'm not going to go into that right now. <laughs> Save that for the Patreon. Yes. I am drinking a favorite mug, coffee and vanilla porter from Discretion Brewing, which is out of Soquel, Soquel California. 
I don't know. <laughs> My wife is in here <laughs> waving at everybody. <laughs> Thanks, baby. Hi, Patty. Hi, Patty. You have she says, hey. <laughs> <laughs> she brought me dinner. Nice. So I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to be munching. Yeah. Oh, it's it's out of Santa Cruz, actually, this beer. So it's good. It is an easy drink in Porter, which it's not too thick or heavy, but it's it's quite good. Lots of coffee, lots of vanilla. So Yay. that's the beer. We did it. We got through it. Uh, Growy, tell us about your slippery slope. What first of all, what 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 rig are you driving? Or are you talking about? They got the cats cut out of it. So my rig behind me is a 2004 Silverado. Was well, it's 1500. It was a Z71. I think anything that made it a Z71 is long gone now. Except for that um, sticker. Oh no, you don't have the sticker. The RPO code. No, the stickers are long gone. There's no factory bed on there. But uh, yeah, basically. Spoiler. Spoiler. Yeah, no kidding. So, um, you know, right now it's on one tons. Dana 60, 14 volt, locked front and rear. Um, haven't gotten too big into some of the fun goodies yet, but that will be coming soon. But, you know, it's on 17 inch beadlocks, 40s. Um has a lot of the sheet metal left except for the rear bed that uh um i kind of shamefully kind of copied Derek with a lot of things just because so many of the things worked and you know and Derek was always the guy that was just always going on all the wheeling trips and uh if you're going to copy someone copy someone that has a working formula that they're enjoying quite a bit so um i kind of oh, got shucks. into this i kind of got into this a long time ago i I, I remember going with you guys on like two, three, four wheeling trips before the bug really kind of bit. And uh, I'd actually bought a TD's ZJ he had. Oh, that's right. Uh, I forgot was, about that. Yeah, it was a black. And gosh, I bought it for like maybe a couple hundred bucks, maybe like 800 bucks. And uh, I remember handing TD the money and uh, um, what's his name? Uh, uh, he was like, thanks, man. I appreciate it. And then his soon to be wife was like, I'll take that for the wedding. And I'm like, <laughs> all right, okay. And I remember, uh, had a borrowed a heavy equipment trailer to kind of bring it home. And I remember this truck kind of struggling a little bit to kind of bring it home. It was, it was a heavy trailer. And, uh, about a few months later, I started having some issues with this truck with it, uh, overheating a little bit. And, uh, come to find out it was using some coolant. So, Ooh. uh, it was a, it was a little, bit past my, little bit past my abilities at the point of diagnosing. So I had a friend who's full-blown technician, works on GM a lot. Go ahead. Was it a cracked head? It was. It was a cracked cast tech head. So originally mm-hmm. I thought it was just uh, blown a head gasket, but the guy tore it down and he was like, here's your problem. And it was cracked in both heads. Oh, dang. So, <laughs> Cast there's like four different vendors that are making heads back then, and one cast deck was notorious for cracking after a certain amount of time. And unfortunately, I was one to suffer that fate. So um, you know, at that point I was like, well, I can just kind of get rid of this truck or I can fix it and keep it a long time. But that's you know, I already kind of said it was already getting a little rusty in the rockers. So and that's a five you know, three, I, right? Yep, five three. Um you know, basically, I was driving to work after I got it fixed. You know, I got some new, some new heads. We put 
some new parts in our gaskets and everything and uh drove around it worked pretty good for a few months and didn't have any any issues and to this day that guy will text me every once once a year and he'll be like no more issues with that truck and i'm like nope none on the engine he put on and, some uh, used ass heads and he was like man i hope this guy doesn't no, go back we bought, some, <laughs> we bought some remanufactured heads actually and it was from a good putable dealer i think on uh off ebay and they had really good reviews and they were sold yes. so many of them it just you know we did but we made the best decisions what we thought we did do at the time you know and uh i, was I can't home. believe well, that you didn't the damn it. This. in the meantime i think i think with the this way that we're recording we have to do the hand thing mm-hmm. so mike has something can to say I, can i say something I can't believe you pulled the heads and you didn't cam it. It was literally like five minutes of extra work. I thought about it, but honestly, oh my God. putting a big heavy cam in a, in a truck like this when you're off-road hey, would have actually hey, been really good. Hey, nobody said big heavy cam. You could have put just a mild cam. Just give it a little. A little bit like an aluminum cam. Just save some weight. Yeah. Is that what you mean? Yeah, an aluminum cam. That's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about it, but at that time, this was never in my mind at that time considered a quote unquote project truck. Because um, right around that time, I don't know if it was before or after, but I'd found a used Iron Rock off-road uh, long arm kit for that ZJ. And I was missing some bolts, but I went ahead and bolted it in. It was like a four or five inch lift. And I think TD had given me some freaking TSL Thornbirds on some Chevy wheels. So I got some oh, adapters yeah. and put it on there. And <laughs> that was my quote unquote wheeling rig. Well, I took it out of this mud pit past my house. It was kind of like legal, but like kind of questionable if it was. But, you know, people went there like every weekend. It was like <laughs> an hour and a half east of me. It went with some one of my neighbors or friends back then. I forget what. And I remember just driving around. I'm just like, you know, like something just didn't feel right about it. You know, I was like, yeah, I was like capable and, you know, this, that. But I just didn't really love it for the lack of a better word, you know. Because it's, it's a Jeep. Maybe I mean, give you that Chevy I'm a, I'm a love. Big guy. I mean, no, no, no lie. I'm a pretty big guy. You know, I'm six foot five, and uh, I just, just didn't feel like you know the best thing to me. I was almost like, man, I just want to sell this and grab like a like an ATV or something, you know. And then I'm driving um, home one day, and you know, my truck's running pretty good. This was after I had the new heads put in there. I was like three, four, five months, and I'm just like, man. I kind of want to do what Derek did, you know, which is make the thing like almost not bulletproof, but pretty solid being able to, you know, wheel it and drive it wherever you want to and not have to have a trailer. And, you know, it's extended cab so I could bring my kids with my wife, you know, and I'm just just it was like a leap of like, man, this is what I kind of want to do. You know, I like Chevys. I know how to work on them, you know, this, that and uh, just kind of clicked, you know. So I honestly, I went on to a pirate. And I just kind of read Derek's. Uh, build thread he had out there this is back when build threads were pretty cool before photo bucket killed everything yeah and uh i remember reading it like twice and i'm like i can do this we can do that you know with my background and work and everything i can do a lot of fab stuff and uh you know and i and uh i kind of just read everything a lot of reading and everything and stuff and uh tons and tons of research and uh Sad to go for it. And I remember texting Derek one day and I was like, hey, I hope you're not mad, but uh, I'll build something like yours. And I may have a few questions along the way, <laughs> a few being an understatement, but uh, I was fine. 
But, you know, it was, like I said earlier, you know, it was like, I'm familiar with these trucks and, you know, I seen Derek build it and there were several other guys with some full-size Chevys at that point. And, uh, you know, it just, it worked and it worked well and things were pretty well thought out. I mean, there's plenty of other things I could have built, you know, maybe like something turnkey or just kept the Jeep or maybe built a little bit something, but it just kind of felt like home per se, or just more familiar. So, and plus riding Derek's truck a few times on Badlands, it's like, you don't get that, you know, people turn their head when a Jeep goes by. I know when you're driving a full-size Chevy truck and they're like, you actually fit this thing down the trails? <laughs> it's kind of a little bit more of a wild, cool factory, you know, so. Everybody expects a Jeep. That's the problem. They're like, oh, well, look, know, another Jeep off-road. I can't believe it. There is nothing wrong, in my opinion, with wheeling a Jeep. It's just, you know, it's too easy. It's a- very common thing. Well, you know, I kind of <laughs> think like side, but we, we kind of joke around about how like we don't like side by sides because anyone can buy one. You just kind of hop in there and do whatever you want. Well, to a point, um, you know, and, you know, Jeeps always kind of have this mantra of like, you know, they're so popular and they cost a lot for what they are, you know, and and stuff. And, you know, even my brother, he's one of those people that has a or Jeep JK on, you know, 35s, but never sees any dirt. <laughs> what? But um, That's how they most are. But no, yeah. it, just, it just kind of had the more cool factor, kind of had the more wow factor, you know, and TD had that K5 Blazer at the time, and, uh, and I went down with him one day and just kind of rode around with him in a really, really cool snowstorm. That was actually a really fun time because um, I went down there with him and also I think the guy's name was Bob. He had a Rigger cap long bed Chevy. It was pretty stock. Yep. Um, but I went there, rode with TD and his kid, and uh it snowed like six inches on the way down there. And that was one of the coolest wheeling trips I ever went down there, just because that park is entirely different with six inches of snow. And I, I can't remember a time since then that it snowed that much at Badlands. So it was really kind of a memorable trip down there. Uh so Mike, you were giving growy shit about not putting a cam in the five three and bob just came up and i think you know what i'm about to say we've been wheeling with bob he had a 2500 2500 not hd on 35s ifs was it not an hd i don't think so i think it was a 99 or 2000 so oh yeah Yeah. it had the big grill no it did not have the big grill that's the difference no it didn't (sighs) i promise you anyway okay so what i'm trying to say he had a big well he didn't have that big of a cam he had a nice cam and it wasn't crazy um, in his six liter, but man, it was like on a weird angle or like if you got it in a deep mud puddle or something like that, like it would just die. And I'm sure that it probably wasn't tuned the best, but I think Bob was angry that he put that cam in it and like it ruined, well, it didn't ruin the truck, but like there were a lot of issues with it. And so I don't know. I've always personally been a big proponent of like, just keep it stock, man. Just keep it stock. You want your engine to run. Not that you can't make a cam and engine run, but. And that's the thing is like when you're driving these trucks six, seven, eight hours away, like when we went to your, on your Derek and your Baxter party all the way at Windrock is you're driving six, seven, eight hours. I mean, having 
a stock drivetrain and turns the engine, you know, mostly transmission and stuff is just, it's another level of reliability. It's, it's stuff you don't have to worry about. You know, when I'm driving, I was driving this truck on the highway, it was more like, you know, paying more attention to certain vibrations, keeping a look at, you know, the temperature and things and stuff. And you already kind of got your hands full on uh you know what was going on with the truck and paying attention and seeing if there's anything going on and i actually remember we did that windrock trip and i remember when we drove back because we stood out at matas on the way down there so on the way back was kind of like the full trip gauntlet in terms of getting the drive-in and i remember like i was following joe afterwards because i caught up to him near the airport in indianapolis and we just cruise along at 70 miles an hour you know the sun was kind of setting and it was just like like this is life right here like we just took these trucks and Toyotas down there you know did some pretty gnarly trails of wind rock and here we are driving back you know just kind of slowly taking our time and you know and i remember it was just like since you're paying attention to all these things while you're driving you're kind of in a fully alert state i remember two weeks later i drove to uh south carolina to visit my brother and my wife's minivan and like after like an hour or two like it's so comfortable in these cars nowadays that like you're almost like falling asleep because you're like you're not paying attention to this stuff you know it's, it's like you're it's like driving a couch you know like it's just so <laughs> comfortable and i remember it was just like it, it, it's it's not that one is better or the other but it's just like it's just different you know and uh you know driving these things is very memorable you know and uh if you were and, uh, driving hell, a just... couch on the highway you'd be very alert oh well yeah <laughs> what i'm saying is when you're driving a very comfortable car or a tow rig you know you get very comfortable and it's kind of nice but when you're driving your wheeling rig on the highway it's a, uh, you know you got a whole different level of uh things you're trying to pay attention to and Pay attention to sh a shimmy, a vibration, a noise. You know, maybe you go from like concrete to pavement, and you know, or going over a bridge, and there's like where the bridge meets the highway is like a little bit of a jolt. And so I don't know about your wheeling rig, but mine is usually kind of a handful. Not that it like necessarily needs to be. No, yeah. hell, no, not my tow rig. My tow rig is solid as fuck. Oh, okay. I'm talking about driving snow day on the highway. It's kind of a handful. Like it's not that anything's loose. It's just that driving a big ass truck on the highway is not as smooth as driving your tow rig. Like there's always going to be like way more shit to pay attention to. Like he's saying. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. I gotcha. Very different. And, uh, you know, for me, it was always paying attention to like, the wheel bearings, you know, checking to see what the temperature was in the hub, you know, during fuel stops, making sure your steering's nice and tight. Cause the last thing you want is like hitting a pothole on the highway and all of a sudden your truck's leaning over two feet to the right. So, um, I mean, don't get me wrong. These are six, seven, 8,000 pound trucks are on solid axles around Lee Springs wall was on Lee Springs all the way around. And, um, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's not that it's dated. I mean, it's kind of dated technology. I mean, even in these three-quarter and one-ton trucks, a lot of them aren't even having Lee Springs in the rear anymore. So. You shut your mouth, Groey. It is not dated. <laughs> Corvettes had Leaf Springs until two years ago. Leaf Springs are simple to set up. I mean, you kind of gave me some brief, quick measurements of how you set yours up. 
and I drew out a bunch of CAD brackets to cut at work. And I basically just, you know, they even had a little issue when I went to go put the hanged uh, bracket for the rear hang- rear hanger on the front. But I would kind of quickly went through that and uh, had a fix figured out. And uh, but I mean, they're simple. I mean, you, you can't beat the simpleness for a wheeling rig of wheeling on leaf springs. Yeah. And even if you break a wheel or I'm sorry, even if you break a leaf spring, you snap one. I've seen you. Mark Dienick, I've seen him snap a leaf spring, and he went back to the parking lot and welded it together, and he still went wheeling the rest of the weekend. <laughs> and so, I mean, awesome. it, it's and, – and honestly, some of those times where you go through some of those fixes and you, you know, break your stuff and you go back to the campsite and you fix it with your buddies, and those are some of the best memories, you know, and stuff. So, um, you know, I a lot of people – will always ask me, you know, they're like, why do you do a hobby like this? Why don't you just go golfing? Why don't you just blah, blah, blah? Uh, shoot me. And it's just like, I've made a, I've made a lot of good friends doing this hobby, and we have some of the best stories we can have, you know, on top of the weirdest places in America that nobody gets to go to and nobody sees. And, you know, and they think, oh, my gosh, if I, if I had something like that break on a mountain, I, I'd have a panic attack. And it's like, you know what? it's I don't want to be in a nursing home when I'm like, you know, 70, 80 years old and talk about like, Oh, I used to have the golf course. I want to have some fun stories to tell. And Mike, you probably will see this too. At some point, Derek, you might in the near future, but, um, freaking kids love doing this stuff too, man. And it's, uh, I didn't go willing for like six months because we were in the middle of building our house. And my kids just every weekend, like, where are we going again? Where are we going again? And uh, they have more fun doing it than I do because they don't have to fix it. But um, pay for it. Yeah, pay for it, you know. There's nothing better than riding along. There is nothing well, better than having your kids come along. And, you know, my daughter, she's sitting there with my phone taking pictures and video now. And it's just like, you know, no other kids in school can sit there and talk about this stuff. Um but, but you know, it, it's it's a fun hobby. It can be a little stressful at times, especially some of the times when you break and everything. But um, I mean, it, it's just it's a blast doing it. You know, the people are always great. Even strangers that I meet doing it for the most part are great, except for side by side owners. So uh-huh. yeah. So um, your truck's gone through. I, I totally agree with you. I mean, riding along is fun. Driving your shit is fun. I love driving on the street. We've gone through a couple phases of your build, um, which I think I'm glad that you were able to kind of take the things that didn't work for my rig and just go straight to yeah. what did work. Um, like 40s, tons. Like, don't even bother with 37s or 38s. Like, nope. 40s fit. Put rock sliders on it right away. All that jazz, right? So, oh, yeah. Um, and then, but you still had like the full length bed, so that was kind of step one, right? You had forties tons, yeah. you know. Um, and then, and then what happened? <laughs> so. Okay, yeah. So no, I, it, you know, when I started out, you know, I basically moved the front axle forward. You know, oh gosh, maybe four, five, six inches just to clear, you know, the forties from the cab and everything. So it probably had, I think, at one point, it had like a hundred fifty-three inch wheelbase. So um, I remember your Derek, your bachelor party down at Wind Rock was kind of a turning point for me because you had shortened your rig, and I remember. Um, I remember just seeing it was a huge difference getting through stuff, you know, and, you know, wheelbase is talked about a lot of times, but I mean, these are big trucks and, uh, 
you know, so I said, you know, monkey see, monkey do. And I think, Mike, you had shortened yours to it at that point. I think, I think, you, did I shortened, you? I think I shortened mine first and then everybody followed. So I remember the island trip. Cool. I finished mine before yours, Mike. Whatever is my idea. I'm super <laughs> cool. Well, you kind of went super short. But anyways, um, yeah, I, did. I kind of <laughs> realized that, you know, there's a kind of a natural progression of how these things go. You know, and a lot of guys, even in Jeeps, they'll kind of see monkey see, monkey do. I'm like, all right, well, I need to kind of help myself get a little bit better out there. You know, so I did the bed shortening thing, too. And initially, I had sh- sh- kind of shortened the bed, um, the factory bed. And, um, you know, I kind of like the way it looked, you know, it's kind of cool and it was kind of cool to put on Facebook and certain Silverado groups, you know, because there's, there's actually a factory option. I think what, like 2005, 2006, where they have yep. extended cab with a crew cab short bed on there. You know, you put a picture of a lifted truck on solid front axle and forties, you know, it's even shorter than that. And everyone starts freaking out like, Oh my gosh, that's so cool. But, um, you know I what had, they call uh, it, right? Yeah, the due to a truck. lack of driving, lack of some driver mod, I had uh, mm-hmm. pushed my bed into a few rocks a few times, and uh, you know I kind of deal with fabrication stuff on a daily basis through work, you know, so I kind of had the itch to do something a little different. So I ended up making a two bed for it per se, and uh, I kind of liked the two bed, you know, it was kind of cool and different. I had some uh, kind of like AR style armor plate on the side it was totally overkill but i had access to some and it was pretty easy to bend it and everything so um i liked it but um you know for me i'm still getting the itch to do certain things differently which is kind of where we're at now you know behind me this truck is sitting in here not at all settled in this house and i kind of have this garage set up but there's no frame behind the uh seat pillow roll bar right now so um you know, we're kind of getting a little into more of what my future plans are, but uh, I, I only have a roll bar behind the cab, and I've been saying for the past year or two, like, I need to have more of a roll cage in this thing. You know, I go willing with my kids. I kick them out when I do some cool stuff that's, you know, more you know, Instagram sketchy. or photo worthy, more <laughs> sketchy. You know, I kick them out <laughs> respectfully. Um, but I've just, I've had an itch to keep building this thing more and more and to do cooler things with it and stuff, so... You know, I'll, I have not done a lot of projects on this the past year, you know, because we we're building our house and everything. I was selling the one I was at. Worst thing you want to do is sell a house while you have a truck on jack stands and not going to go well. It um, sucks, trust me. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, uh, yeah, there's some parts I bought over the past year, kind of stockpiling some tools, but mainly, um, you know, there's a magnum box from ORD sitting off this side Ooh. next to a 205 that needs to be going through. Um, you know, there's a PSC kit for full hydro on the front axle. The problem, though, is that not gonna go on this front axle right now it's got a 79 dana 60 kingpin axle which are great axles but um basically with the plans i have um i'm deciding that an 05 plus super duty front axle is going to be the way to go is does i'm interrupting um because i think one of the progression steps was that you bought a fancy 2017 right yes silverado 2500 hd and also equally fancy trailer i think that that's helped a little bit with some of these choices would you say yeah yes 
um, you know, I've been wheeling this thing probably for five years now. And, uh, you know, when you wheel and go on trips to far locations that are six, seven, eight hours away, going to Badlands is pretty manageable. But when you go to these much further places like Harlan, Wind Rock, or Flatness, or your store, or Moab whole, someday, right? Mm-hmm. Rubicon, maybe come out here and visit me. <laughs> exactly. You know, I, I have aspirations. I want to go to the West Coast and do some wheeling, you know, whether it's San Howell, Rubicon, Moab, you know, I, Moab is kind of, I don't want to say cliche, but I, it kind of seems like a lot of people in our style of wheeling hit Moab once or twice. But after that, it's, I feel like they're kind of drawn more to San Hollow. I think you need um, to go. Yeah. I think you need to go to Moab at least once. I mean, right. it's, it's like nothing right. else. I mean, I, I haven't been to San Hollow yet, but even... They're similar in many ways. I mean, right. Sand Hollow is it can be so much more technical, but Moab is like it's just another yep. world. Like it, it literally feels like you're on another planet sometimes, which is pretty, pretty cool. Um, but there's just so much traction, right? Like there's mm-hmm. ungodly amounts of traction. Like you can do hero lines that you shouldn't be able to do in like a stock Jeep with no lockers or or whatever, you know. Like, but it's a very cool place. The the town is cool like it's built around this stuff you know so yep. i digress but anyway so yeah trailer is so i don't get a 2017 silverado crew cab um you know i kind of knew i was going to want to get a truck that i can tow with but you know at that point um i kind of had a limit of what i wanted to spend you know i kind of Put a budget into effect and you know and i realized you know diesels were kind of out of the budget i could afford one but it was just like you know i kind of knew a new house was on the horizon and stuff and uh and i was like all right well i had had a 2004 regular cab long bed that was in my possession for about a year that i ended up selling and uh the thing pulled pretty good it was a 6.0 gas engine for a lady and uh you know since it's only a regular cab the thing weighs way lighter so um but you know i've been familiar with you know more familiar with the gm gas engine so i got one with a 6.0 but it has a 6l90 in it and uh man i do not regret that decision at all one bit um i could pull a gooseneck if I wanted to. it can pull up to like fourteen thousand pounds and uh well that's what it's yeah, I, exactly. I mean, and it, it, it's just, it's put gas in there. You got to do maybe a tune up every couple of years with some new spark plugs and wires. And uh, I'll run that thing until I get 250, 300,000 miles out of it. I mean, I, I drive quite a bit for work too, which is kind of nice because, um, you know, I have to worry about certain maintenance things. I mean, um, don't get me wrong, diesels have their place. It's just not my place to own one. Um, I, I think now that I'm in California, I, I think I see the draw to a diesel. And when I was going up Donner Pass at like 35 miles an hour with my foot on the floor, I was like, man, sure would be nice yeah. to have a diesel right now. Is is it needed? No. You can just drive slow when you get to a steep hill, right? Like right. it's not the end of the world, especially if you don't tow a lot. And in the Midwest where it's a lot flatter, like it's more manageable. It's kind of okay. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of okay. It's not ideal, but like if you, is it worth $10,000 more? If I ever go out West Wheeling and I hit one of those hill, uh, those one of those hills in the mountains or one of those grades, I'm sure I'll be sitting there thinking like, maybe next time a diesel, but you know, it, it, the, it's, like one time a year, maybe, you yeah, know, like I mean, it's not worth it. To I me. don't know. I mean, I even joked around the other day and I was talking to stuff. My wife, I was like, you know, we're the next truck. I'll get a diesel. And then I just kind of 
kept thinking about it. I'm like, well, you know, this, that, and it's, you know, it, you really just, you just make the best choice for your situation. Everyone's different. Honestly, whatever gets you to the trail and hanging out with friends and making memories. I mean, who cares? I mean, it's just all about whatever you want. Say it again for oh, the people seriously. in the back. Seat time I mean, over I, everything, like Holly says. That's right. Mike, you have a hand up, I, I think. Yeah, I 100% agree with the diesel thing. And I say this all the time. Like, I, for me, and obviously I do live in the Midwest, a gas truck just does it. Like, I can tow a full-size rig with my full-size rig. It's totally fine. Yes, occasionally I wish for more power. But it's like two times a year. And is it worth the 100 times more difficult maintenance and like 10 times more expensive maintenance? No, it is not. But And, and right now, more sure, if you fuel. can afford it. Yeah, the, the fuel, the maintenance, the, the difficulty, really, I think the difficulty is what got me the most when I owned a Duramax and it needed a repair. It wasn't that I couldn't do it. It was that I didn't want to do it. It was like, how hard is it to replace the injectors? Oh, 12 hours. It's like, how hard is it to replace one in an LS? Oh, like, Eight I, I don't minutes. know, like a few minutes. Like, yeah, yeah like, <laughs> it was just everything about it was so complicated. And I was just like, you know what? I'm done. I actually found my Duramax tools. I bought a few SSTs. And uh, one of my coworkers, who's a young guy, obviously, he's uh, I think he's like 22 or 23. He's like, hey, I uh, I recently got into a Duramax. I was like, well, you'll regret that someday. But for now, I'm going to sell you the Duramax tools. <laughs> Here's some free tools or cheap, whatever. I'm like, I remember being your agent thinking diesel trucks are cool. And they are. They are cool. They're, They're so super cool. fun. They're super fun. They tow amazing. But man, are they expensive to maintain. It's like owning a BMW versus like owning like a I don't know NSX or something like that. Well, oh, that's God, a bad yeah. example because an NSX. No, that's is a bad example. NSX, uh, like a Evo, a Mitsubishi Evo, right? Like something that they make parts. Pretty for. simple. Yeah. yeah, maybe Evo's a bad idea or a bad one. Like a WRX, like they're uh, sure they're unreliable. Hmm. Three fifty Z. Here we go. I got Three fifty Z. Three fifty Z. Uh, you know, very common, very well put together car, very reliable. I think. Um, and then the BMW, probably a little faster, definitely a little cooler, way more expensive on maintenance, way harder to get parts for. Like it, they kind of do the same thing. One, maybe not as well as the other, but like, is it worth the extra headache and expense? I don't know. It depends. Like if you are, if you already person, own a diesel yeah. truck for like work, like if you tow all the time, diesel is the way to go for sure. Absolutely. No question about it. But like, like if you yep. already own a diesel truck for work or you tow it for your company, totally use your diesel truck to tow your tow to tow your trail rig but do you need it i don't know i don't know it's a big it's a good you know everybody I think one of the biggest thoughts for me too is that i kind of told myself a while ago just one project vehicle for a while um might change that at some point oh but i just you know put the money towards your willing rig and just keep building that thing up, you know, respectively and stuff. And, uh, you know, like we alluded to before, you know, we've seen so many times where someone's like heavily modded a vehicle and then it loses its reliability. And this truck that you're driving every day, in my case, in my situation, I want it to be able to go wherever and actually take customers out sometimes in it. And, uh, you know, it was just, I want something that's just reliable and the stock is very reliable. Don't get me wrong. There's tons of mods that make vehicles fun, especially a, you know, weekend driver or project car or vehicle you take to. I mean, Mike, look at how many damn Chevy trucks you got. I mean, how I'm many sure you tru- Chevy trucks do you have, Mike? How many damn Chevy uh, trucks? Four, and I kind of wish it was three because nobody needs four. <laughs> <laughs> 
Side note, I really, really, really want to find a 99-06 clean sh- regular cab short bed 1500 one day. Come on. I don't even care if it's got a 4.3 in there. I'll put a 5.3 Come on out to California, Trend. Growy, dude. They're everywhere. I keep seeing like Trend my exact truck. truck. Like, 99-02 extended cab blue. Some of them are 4x4 even. Like, perfect yeah. rockers. Perfect you know, wheel wells in the rear. I'm like, God damn like <laughs> i'd love to find a regular cap though and just slam it on like a four six drop with like 20 inch replicas or oem wheels Hell yeah. with yeah. like a decent meaty tire but just you know that kind of truck i put a cam in headers exhaust everything and just Turbos, uh plural. there's one guy mm-hmm. on instagram i would follow i think his name was the original mike d and uh he used to just make a bunch of obnoxious hood rat videos of him and a truck <laughs> like that just doing donuts and parking lots in California. But like once you hit a point where you do so many mods, it was like, I think he had uh, ended up having it on um, supercharged and it was working pretty good. But then he started getting into turbo things and it was just so hard to keep his transmission and many things happy in a state to where it was functioning properly. And he could drive it all the time. And uh, even years later, he's like, man, I wish I just would have kept it with just, you know, a nasty cam, headers, exhaust, you know, a couple of things that was the most reliable. I was able to drive it every day, every weekend. But, you know, once you get to a point of where you're, you know, changing a lot of things, it takes a lot for these things to kind of mesh together and work properly. So, I mean, that's not to say that it's, you know, not cool having stuff like that, but I, I just... I don't think we can see your hand, Mike. I see like your thumb come into the frame. There you go. I don't know. No, so I need anyway, to pay more uh, attention to. I keep watching the TV in the background as well. Turn so. the TV off. You're making. You're on a podcast right now, Growy. Dude, you know what? You know how long I waited to have a TV in the garage on a swivel that I can see it wherever I want to. And the funny thing is, is I'm watching Sing in the background on Channel Seven. So nice. it's like it's starting to something that's really want to watch. It's just distracting me. Wow. I was just going to say, you mentioned earlier that once you start modifying stuff, it becomes unreliable. And I agree with you to a point, but there are an awful lot of things you can do to modify a vehicle and maintain yeah. its reliability. Yeah. Like I drive a, a truck that's lower three five every day and it's got a few little bolt-ons here and there and it's completely reliable. I but it's, it's not like silly. It's an old situation, but yeah. Yeah, I think, I think being reasonable is the key. Like you don't have to drive a grandpa truck to be reliable. Well, I was talking to uh, Mark Dienick. You guys remember him with the Tacoma with kind of the tube bed as well on 40s. He actually has a second project truck he's working on. That's for a different day. But I was talking to him about it. And I'm like, I love this platform of full-size trucks because, um, you know, I'm getting to the point where I'm going to be a lot of sheet metal coming off this truck, you know, and, um, but, you know, I said the, th- the cool thing about these trucks is that, you know, everybody and their mother is trying to LS swap things nowadays, you know, and I've seen a lot of times where people put like an LS and a JK, and they have big problems keeping the motor happy in terms of temperature, like overheating problems. And maybe there's just not enough room for big enough radiator front, but like every time you LS swap things, you know, people would joke back in the days, oh, $500, you're going to LS swap it full. I mean, there's no, so many things you have to do in order to make it work right. Um, this truck already has an LS. And, you know, once I put the axles underneath it, it was a pretty solid, reliable truck. For me now, it's just more of 
you know, there's a lot of banged up sheet metal from some trips. And uh, my thing that's kind of my complaint is it's just hard to see out of it, which is going to kind of go into some of the things I'm doing. But, um, you know, it, it's you're not chasing gremlins. You have fabric wiring harness, fabric parts. Have you, first of all, have you, this is a rhetorical question. Have you ever driven a JK? Because if you think Chevy trucks are hard to see out of, or an FJ, even worse. But I digress. Oh, FJs to, are terrible. We don't need to go on yeah. that. Uh, we don't need to go on that tirade. I think we're all in agreement on that. Um, but so we should spend some time um, talking about so, what some of your next plans are because you know we you've got the trail, you got the trailer. Uh, yep. We've talked about reliability. You shorten the wheelbase. You put the tube bed on. Um, now the tube bed is seemingly gone. And the back yeah, half is cut lot, off of the frame. It's so. about seven pieces right now here. Yeah. So what, what we need to know now is how are you going to make it significantly less reliable? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, wait, you just got done telling us how reliable leaf springs are and oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. so on and so forth. And you're going to sell my, my your old front axle. My sister oh, yeah, that. was here over here earlier, and I'm like, he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm taking a perfectly good, reliable truck, and I'm cutting it up is what I'm doing. Hey, oh, still yeah. looking at his face, which is like, you know, I, I stopped trying to explain this hobby to a lot of people. They just, you know, <laughs> don't. Get it. But um, basically, the plans are. Um, they just this, don't understand. Uh, you know, this truck yeah. runs pretty good. You know, it's got 513 gears. You know, it's on 40-inch Nitto trail grapplers, which are amazing tires i've had nothing but great luck with these tires <laughs> um they have really good sidewalls i've heard anyone that's ever ran these tires i've always heard great things um joe runs them on his fj80 um hey, so basically, i have to interrupt you <laughs> sorry i know what you mean when you say they have really good sidewalls but i'm curious why that came up specifically <laughs> I, I, I don't know. It just there's there's definitely some tires out there that uh, even some newer tires that I've just heard do not have great sidewalls. Okay. Um, <laughs> I just, it was just sidewalls really funny. You're like these tires are so good. Seat? These tires are so good. They have really great sidewalls. They're so them. good and they're huge, huge. huge. <laughs> they are they are they are heavy for a forty though. They're like 105, 110 pounds each. But when you're getting this, oh big, my god, kind of, what? Yeah, they're like 105 pounds. Itself? No yeah. t- no wheel. No wheel. When they came oh with shipping label for UPS, um, said 105 pounds, and the UPS guy was not happy about no. it either. They came just and uh, and dude, he's like he like wants to like throw it down on the fucking uh, well, stoop no, or whatever, I but was, he can't. I delivered them to my work because it was mm-hmm. a commercial address, and I bought them through a uh, discount tire. I paid four hundred dollars for for each Nitto Trail Grappler. Oh gosh, this was what five years ago. Yeah, I was gonna say you nobody's buying them for that now. You can't touch anything for four hundred dollars now for a tire, and um, they're just they're great tires. I know that they're like the tire they use on like the Nitto JK experience, and I think they were a sponsor on EUA for a while. And uh, you know, and I've just I've I've always recommended these tires to people asking like, hey, what's a good tire? You know, off road that actually drives on the highway pretty good. Right now in the beadlocks, there's no balancing material in these at all. And they run straight down the highway or run smooth down the highway. So hmm. um weird. They're a great solid tire. But anyways, so right now it's on 40s, but um I kind of have aspirations to go a little more crazier. So basically my plans are to pull out the front Kingpin Dan 60, sell it for a uh 
sell to a pretty good pal of mine who's gonna upgrade his truck as well. I wonder who that could be. Um, you can sell it to him for a pretty good price too. Yeah, you're welcome, Mike. It's a it's a mutual price, in my opinion. It, it it'll it helps one of my buddies, you know, get into a King Pandana sixty, and uh, you know, there's some good upgrades to it already. You know, it's got five thirteen gear, Spartan locker, it's got Yukon hardcore hubs, it's got chromalis. Most of them are chromalis. The only one that isn't is the. Uh, passenger side inner which is the long one which those never usually break they may twist but i do have some spares but um i couldn't find one at the time it was like at the start of covid and uh buy one unless it was an obscene price and uh you know i think connor was the one that told me he's like those never break anyways they just they may twist a little bit but he's like i doubt you have a problem with that and when i did that you know i upgraded to 35 outer splines because on this axle they're 30 outer splines which it's kind of weird but i mean it's just it's it's old. Grody, <laughs> turn off your TV. <laughs> you're not paying any attention to us at all. You're just, just talking. Yeah, I'll change it on to something boring like football. How about that? Or just turn it off. Just turn it you off. You know what? You know what channel I'm watching? My buddies. It's That's hilarious. what I'm so what were you gonna say, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> what was I gonna say? I forgot. Is that I was gonna ask. When am I getting this axle? And don't say like a date. Just tell me like the amount of weeks because this is the filler zone and nobody knows when we're recording. Two weeks, really? Probably about two weeks because uh, my daughter has a softball tournament down in the West Lafayette on that weekend. And uh, nice. Um, you know. So why uh, not? I mean, by the time this podcast comes out, Mike, you'll already have it. I mean, right yeah. now, fourteen bolt is sitting right beside it. Dang! Look at you. Wait, no you didn't get the... the cab, so why not just pull out the front axle too? So, wow, that truck is going to be nothing soon. It's going to be a cab sitting on a chassis. Yeah, and basically, and an engine and an engine and, and an engine. So he's leaving the powertrain in it. We'll sell it to a good buddy, and then I'm gonna turn around and spend that money on some goodies for the Super Duty axle. So, um, I already have some Jesse Haynes high steer arms and one weld on the knuckles, which I'm gonna actually have Bray do. Um, hell yeah, Bray at Limitless Fab if he ever gets done with a uh, Snow Day's cage, but he definitely has his handfuls nowadays. Um, like I said, I got a Magnum ORD box to put in there. Um, when I kind of first started looking at a, a doubler. Oh, gosh, a year ago, NWF's lead times on a black box or an eco box was crazy. It was like 13, 16 weeks. And, uh, and let's be honest, when, That's you spend fun. Much, when you spend that much money, you kind of want to see it in your hands. <laughs> You're and, not uh, going to be done in 13 to 16 weeks. Just order it now by the time you get NW- to it. Everybody raves about NWF products, but everyone also raves about ORD products as I mean, well. I don't know a single person that's bought a Magnum that's been like, oh, I've had issues with it. First of all, because if they do, Stephen Watson's on the phone like, what's wrong? Right. I'll fix it for you. Like, right. we, we stand by our shit 100%. The problem with NWF, and I love NWF, I have an EcoBox in my truck. They're in Canada. So if you're in the US, yeah. it's a little bit trickier to get things quickly. Um, and, they, and they will work with you. Don't get me wrong. Like if something's wrong, like they'll make it happen. But ORD's in Colorado, so they're fairly kind of centralized. Unless you're on the East Coast, you're gonna get your shit fixed quickly. 
I had talked yeah. to NWF a few times about like, well, what is causing your lead time? And they were having some issues with sourcing some material. And they also had some staffing issues on just getting things machined properly at a certain time, you know, which honestly, you know, I, I get it too. You know, I, I struggle with the same things at work too, you know, the same issues, but, um, you know, ultimately, you know, ORD, um, you know, they've been a long time sponsor of ultimate adventure, you know, and I just, I just the felt longest. like, you know, Yes, yes. I just, you know, couldn't go wrong. And uh, I'd seen Dave Hansen had, had bought a, a Magnum box of them. And he was like, oh, my gosh, three weeks later, it was at my front step. And I'm like, OK, I'm just going to order a Magnum box. No, I just never no one's ever had a problem with them. They're a great product. You know, it's like, in my opinion, it was like buying a Chevy or a GMC. Just which one do you want more? So, <laughs> um, you know, so it's. I got that to put in there, got a full hydro kit to put on the front axle. I already have trusses for the front and the rear end wall down them. Um, I just been buying a lot of parts, you know, and it kind of went crazy. Crowy, I feel like you've told us that your chassis is cut. I feel like you've told us that you have some axles sitting on the ground. I don't feel like you've told us what kind of suspension you're doing on your pickup. Going to get a four link front and rear. And actually, tomorrow, my set of ORIs for the rear are shipping out. So, oh, dang, you're going ORI. Damn. I grabbed a pair of uh, 16 inch ORIs for the rear. And, uh, you know, because I'm basically going to build a new part of the frame in the rear. And the base of the frame is going to be like two by four rectangular tubing, but I'm going to have some tube work to get it kind of ties into the roll cage and stuff. And, uh, you know, I, there's a lot of things I'm going to be doing. And it's kind of ambitious. And I've usually kind of kept my projects and goals to kind of more small or more manageable things. So I'm not missing out on stuff. But, Growy, is it getting hot in here or is it just you? <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> ORIs are a. I have done t- a ton of research in ORIs versus coilovers, and honestly, um, ORIs to me are just more easier to tweak a little bit. Um, coilovers, you kind of have to have them valve properly. You have to have springs in the upper and lower spot, and to change it, you got to take it off and take it all apart, and you got to send them out and stuff, and um. I did a ton of reading on ORIs, and the guys that have them said the cool thing is that if you don't like how it rides, you can sh- sh- drop all the nitrogen out of the upper and lower chambers in an ORI, and you can just reset it. You can change it as you want. So basically, as long as you have a tank of nitrogen and enough proper lines, you can tweak it and change it however you want to. So I think what's cool about ORIs, at least from the limited research that I've done, is that because you're building a trail rig, you don't need like a race shock absorber. Like uh, maybe a coilover would be better if you're like running in the desert and you need like a million miles an hour of travel, but you're just out crawling rocks. So if you can adjust your valving and get like a better feel, that's really all you need. So maybe an RI is better for a crawler and a coilover might be better suited to something that goes fast. That's a consensus I kind of got was that they're great for a weekend wheeling rig. It does have its limitations. You're not going to be able to go out, um, like, let's say, like, outward air cliffs and you want to go out to the dunes. You're not going to go out there and be able to kind of, you know, do 60, 70, 80 miles an hour and expect it not to get really hot or start diminishing performance. Um, It's not the best for like fast stuff out in the dunes for a weekend rig that's going to go maybe 20, 30, 40 miles per hour at most. 
Um, they're a great shock. You don't have to have um, bump stops or bumpkins. You don't have to have a sway bar. You don't have to have limiting straps. You just, in terms of packaging, it's very, very simple to do. Now, on a full-size rig, packaging isn't really an issue, but it still is a fabrication issue of getting everything to move properly. It's, it's I'd rather a little, spend the- I think it's still a little bit of a packaging issue. I mean, there's some big tires coming up in and around that right. area and steering, right, in the front at least. So Right. But I want to... It's going to get four-linked front and rear. The rear is going to be double-triangulated. The front's going to be a little bit of... I don't know the best way to explain it, but it will have triangulation in the top and bottom on the front, but not as much because you got to clear the engine and oil pan mm-hmm. and stuff. But, um, you know, there's a lot of great calculators out there right now for how to get everything figured out. Um, you know, so I, it's kind of a big challenge that I'm kind of actually really looking forward to because, you know, like we said before, leaf springs are just kind of stupid, simple to set up, but um, it's kind of a progression, you know, and the one so that is, the front of your truck gonna be like a like a legit four link or three link, which is really just a four link. Four link. No, he's doing full it's hydro. A legit though. four link. Oh full yeah, hydro, wow. Four it's link. gonna be intense. Yeah, I'm not gonna step into like bigger tires right away. I say that now, but let's talk. I was gonna. I have it on my notes here. I'm like, <laughs> I de- you mentioned at some point earlier, like what? I want to open up the door for bigger and better things, and I was like, I know you're. T- when we were talking about nittos, is like we want. I'm gonna bring up this, but yeah. Yeah, no, when I first started with this truck, I was just like, oh, I'm just going to start out with 40s. And Derek's like, well, it's smart, but, you know, it is what it is. You know, why don't you start with 37s? And he's like, ah, I don't blame you. Just tires are expensive, but I, I got a lot of life left in these tires, you know, and now that's not a highway driven rig to the trails. You know, it'll take even longer, but, you know, I'm going to build it with intentions that it's going to clear 40s. I do not that's- recall saying go 37s. I was like, you should definitely start with 40s. Well, you know, it, like you said, you know, you were you kind of already figured out some things. You know, what was the best way? Oh, to I started that? with 37s because I didn't yeah, know 40s oh, would did. fit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. totally. Uh, it was like 37s would be fine. And then I bought a set of 37s but, uh, and they ended up being like 35s. But, you know, basically <laughs> from the um, engine mounts in the front to just behind the cab is going to be there's the factory frame. But other than that, there's going to be some heavy modifications so at this point i'm not even worried i don't don't even really kind of want to keep um a lot of the sheet metal i'm full-blown up what do you call it like a truggy or i i'm gonna keep the cab per se when you say okay yeah you're going into it i didn't didn't mean to cut you off so you're gonna like get rid of the or start modifying front sheet metal Obviously, the bed's gone. Yeah, what are we what are we doing here? Are we doing yeah. both sides yep. or what? What's happening? Basically, like uh, tube fenders, like kind of like a tube Ooh. structure for like the hood and the fenders. Um, you know, and I, I got to build a roll cage, so it's going to kind of tie into some tube work that is on top of the cab as well. I feel like when guys start doing what you're doing, next thing you know, they end up in an Ian situation where they're like, "Well, I'm going to keep this and this," and next thing you know, it's like, "Well, what I should have done is just build a full." tube chassis and just tab on it because you're starting to sound a little E&E right now. <laughs> but I look at a full-blown tube buggy or full-blown tube chassis out there and it just full doesn't do anything. Full-blown LS tube buggies on stickies. And well, you need some stickies and you'll be there. <laughs> I don't know. It, it's, just, it's just tube buggies are cool, but like I don't know. It's me. It's just like a big strap. had a cab. 
Yeah, I mean, it did. I, I'm it still was still a pickup. Or not. No, I'm it wasn't. That was a tube buggy. It had full tube everything. Yeah, it had a cab on it, but that's all he wants to keep. Groey's like, mean, I want to keep the cab, and that makes it a truck. Well, that's all he ended. Well, hold on though, because Groey has the factory engine and transmission, and that bolts nicely into the frame that he's yeah. keeping, right? And the body mounts are there for the cab already. Like Ian I'm wanted to play. Once you, Ian put a full custom drivetrain that didn't come in an S10. He already had the S10. It was already cut up. Like it, it made a little more sense with Ian, right? And he wanted to like. I, you I know, see what you're shop. saying. I, I, I'm just saying that he's going so extreme. The harness is already like routed. Like I, I agree with what Groey's doing, personally. Okay, I yeah. like what he's doing. I'm just saying, are you going to get to a point where you're like, man, I've done so much that I almost should have just started like from scratch? That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying you shouldn't do it. I'm just saying, are you going to get to that feeling? Maybe only one way to find out. <laughs> right? Fuck around I, I and find have, out. <laughs> I, I kind of talked to you this a little bit. I've always had this itch to have an S10 Blazer, like a 98 S10 Blazer on like even a Daniel 44 up front, even if it was just a 10 bull, but like on 37s or or something. I remember it was a guy, I think his name, I think the guy that owns it now, his name is Randy Prater, but it was basically that. It was a small S10, like four-door Blazer, and it's on one tons now, but initially it was on a eight-look Daniel 44 with beadlocks. I'm sorry, with uh, H2s, and I'm like, man, it just looks cool, you know, it's smaller and narrower, and, you know, it, it's kind of a pipe dream, you know, but, um, you know, I don't know, I just, you know, I blame Instagram for some of the cool stuff that are some of the stuff I want to do, you know, there's <laughs> many examples of trucks where, like, they keep the cab, and they just hack off the frame behind the um, the cab, and they, you know, they'll mash in a fender, and, you know, they take off the fender, start building tube work, and, you know, there's a that one time Derek and I went to Harlem with Connor, that one little smack where I hit the A pillar against a mud wall or a clay wall, the amount of damage that I actually did to my truck is stupid because it smashed the windshield, you know, and the door doesn't seal on top. But like even the extended cab doors don't fit right. There's wow. many things that do not fit well after that. And, um, you know, it's just to me, it's just, you know, I, I love the fab part of it, too. I have a question about specifically about that. Have you checked the door pins? Because now that I've been reeling, wheeling pretty hard, I probably have to replace my door pins every like two years just from like body flex. Well, it's weird is right after that. Didn't answer too, my question. <laughs> no, I haven't checked the door pins. You should check the, check the door <laughs> pins. You might be very pleasantly surprised. I know what I'm going to do. I kind of uh, ignore the obvious stuff to fix. You, know? you should fix the door pins before you start playing with stuff. They're like 30 bucks for all four or for. You know, I, I'm. I may keep the doors on this truck. I may not. Ooh, well, okay. Even if you don't keep the wow. doors on the truck, replace the door pins because you're probably going to use the hinge on like a tube door. Yeah. The only mm-hmm. thing keeps me from saying 100% I'm not going to keep the doors is stuff. And honestly, um, so, you know, when, when I bring the family voice, you know, I kind of want to make things kind of easy and more comfortable and stuff. But like, um, you know, I always kind of like the look of uh, the Scorpion Crawler. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that from Bleepin' Jeep. It keeps the body lines, but it's heavily modified. But like it's modified in a way that it keeps it looking cool, but also um, more functional. For sure. You could also do it like Bray and have doors and tube doors. 
Well, what I saw is there's a guy, I think his name's 59 Fiat. Um, one of the, he's a friend of Nate Pickles from Dirt Lifestyle Channel. He has a 59 Fiat on portal axles on 43s, and he has like 58s he does for snowmobiling. He has something similar where it's like tube work on the side and then sheet metal covering it. Yeah. And he actually took some like clear vinyl material. He attached it on top. Then it has like a heavy magnet on the bottom and he'll flip it up out of the way so he can kind of see what he wants to do. But then he'll put it back down because this is like when he's snow willing and it'll keep, you know, not all of it. They'll keep a good amount of heat in yeah, the cab. Yeah, for sure. You don't have a giant gaping um, hole. You know, because my wife has joked around a few times, like, why don't you just sell this and buy a side-by-side? And I'm like, side-by-sides don't have sealed cabs. And she's like, well... And that's when... Side-by-sides also don't crawl too good. Like, if this you really like technical crawling, like, side-by-sides are super capable. And I've seen them, like, rock bounce their way up to the most technical crawls yeah. ever. But it's not quite the same. Like, it's fun to just stick your foot down and, like, bounce through stuff. But, like, technical right. crawling is, like, so good to me. I love it. Um, I think you you tend to also. So <laughs> it's yeah, not quite the same remember, thing. You could do both, though, if you could afford it. The, first, the first trip I took to Harlan, I was with um, Connor was there. And then, um, oh, gosh, who was the other people? There were a couple of Toyota trucks. And... They we were if you've ever been to Harlem before, you, you know, we camped at the north side where you were there, too, the second time Derek yep. went there. And uh, you camp at the you camp at the campground and it takes about a good half an hour on some terrible trails, but some decent trails. But what I noticed right away was that these guys in little Toyotas were driving down these trails going like 15, 20, 30 miles an hour, maybe a little bit more. And my leaf spring truck was just like, I'm just hitting bum stop. I'm hitting bum stop. And I'm like, man, like I finally hit the point where like, I wish I had better suspension than just leaf springs, you know? And um, when you go to different parks, you know, you see different, maybe not weaknesses, but different characteristics that you kind of want to change, which yeah. leads into a lot of this. But that was like the first time where I said like, man, I could definitely see where like a link suspension of some sort or whatever it will be a big improvement. Cause with these full size trucks with the front axle, when you're trying to keep it as close as possible to the factory location, there's not a lot of room for up travel, unfortunately. Yeah. But, um, you know, so that's why when I do these mods or when I do this stuff, you know, I'm actually planning on moving the rear axle even forward more because we only have to redo the rear drive shaft because the doubler. Mm-hmm. So why not get that make thing it, even closer? Yeah, make it the wheelbase you want. With full hydro and, you know, possibly 43s at some point, this front axle has to go forward even more. And before I cut it apart, I even double checked. Even right now, it still sits at 138 inch wheelbase. So Dude, gonna are drop. you going to have that rear? Rear axle sitting on the cab where the tires barely clears it. Mm-hmm. You should set it up for 44s. <laughs> yeah. Whatever size tire you're thinking That's... about doing, add two inches when you put it right up back so, to the cab so you don't have to clearance the cab down the road, unless you want to. I have a, I don't have a roll cage, but I have like a C pillar roll bar that's behind the cab. And I'm not happy with some of the things I did that it was not one piece. It was three pieces and I slugged it. I did it properly. I did, you know, plug wall holes and rosettes and all that. But um, I'm looking at it and I'm like, if I don't keep these doors, you know, the 
Rust has encroached up on the sheet metal behind the rear door. And I'm like, man, man, I could cut some of that out and get the rear tire even more forward. And I'm like, no, that's kind of encroaching wow. on what we've talked about before, like project creep. Like, that's getting a little bit too much. Yeah, but, that's what well, started your project creep. Because <laughs> uh, mm. the DOM I got, I got several sticks of two inch that I plan on using on some of the main parts of the roll cage. So, um, you know, that's kind of why I want to redo this C pillar bar anyways, just to have some two inch there. But, um, I don't know. I just, I've ever seen that bleeping Jeep, that scorpion crawler, and I'm not trying to, you know, pump his ego up, but I just remember seeing that and I'm like, man, it's just so cool. It looks like it, but like, it's not. And I've seen like fifties and axle techs and has a diesel rate. No, it was on 44 and 9 inch, but he put some crate Dana 60s under it recently with Rooster. Um, and he's got he's got 42 inch Milestar Patagonias too. So Mike's favorite tire. Ooh. Ooh. I know. So if you put 44s on your rig, is it all of a sudden all or anymore? Now it's a mud truck. I feel like 42 is the limit. Do you guys have any thoughts or feelings? You both got silent immediately when I said that. Nah, it used to be the case. <laughs> it used to be the case. The, okay, because they make 44s, or they will this year, make 44s in a radial, I say no. Oh, wow. There's going to be a 44 radial coming Mickey up. Mickey Thompson, Baja yeah. Boss. Baja Boss. Really? Yeah. Yeah. They're going to make wow. a 42 on a 17, and then a 44 on a 20, right? They're going to make a 42 on a 17, a 42 on a 20, and then the 44 only on the 20. Cause I remember you telling me about talking to what was it, Cooper Rasmussen, where he had that uh, it was a diesel, the um, oh god, howitzer, it was a yeah, diesel 2500 ram that they swapped to a short bed, yeah, 42 inch trepidors on 17 inch beadlocks. And he was saying for the weight of that truck, it was too much sidewall, but that's also that, that's also like how much more that, weight is that with a that engine? truck weighs? That's probably I a think, 10, pound truck. I think he said it was close to 11,000 pounds loaded for Jesus. UA. So, like. <laughs> That 42 on a 17 kind of stuck with me for a while. Like, oh, maybe there's too much sidewall, but that's just an odd situation. 20 inch beadlocks coming right up. Yeah, three thousand, four thousand dollars later, coming it's right fine. up. Yep. It's great. We're talking about yeah, here. Yeah, you just bought a house. No. You can just lump it in with the mortgage. No, yeah, no, just just refinance your house that's immediately. No <laughs> 40 year mortgage. I think my wife or kids listening on this too. They're waiting for me to say something. I'm gonna get in trouble. Yeah, college. You're in the garage. Oh no! The idea is to have it set up so I could run 43s or 42s. Um, Honestly, if I was to get another tire today, I don't even know which one it would be. I have some ideas, but you know, a lot of people just say you just get 43 inch stickies. But like, set it up for 44s. Yeah, maybe. Just do it. Like it's if you don't have to run them, but like that extra inch. Behind between the tire and the cab, is that yeah. gonna make or break your wheelbase? I'm just saying. Well, I got a I got a shave kit I gotta do on the 14 bolt, which I'll do when I have a truss. Um Ooh. I don't have a shave kit for the Dana 60, but there is, I think TMR Artec makes one, but I don't know if it's worth it on the Dana 60, but you know, I keep going back and forth on if it's worth it or not. But. Do you like fully slice the bottom of it off and like replate it? Like you do with the, the yeah, I think it's wow. machine wing gear too. With the, I think it's Artec that does the kit. Um, but yeah, you have to machine the ring gear, which is kind of oh, well, something you would have to source out, and then it's just more ballistic. money. Yeah, yeah. It's ballistic. 
ballistic fact. I'm sorry. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. There's only. I, one I mean, one. it would be cool though. What if you could have yeah. Dana 44 like clearance the only on company 60? that does a shave on a Dana 60, a Super Ooh. Duty Dana 60. It does say non-Super Duty. Ooh. Mm. Mm, hold on, let's do Dana 60 Super Duty Shave Kit. Uh, no results. Oh, no, 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 they make one for that too. It's just a different... Okay, just it, was a, it. it was a completely different uh, like listing. Partner. Yeah, the shave kit I got for the 14 bolt is just like, uh, I think it's a 13 bolt. Yeah. Okay. New um, diff cover, and you don't have to shave the ring gear. Oh, that's nice. You didn't do I that already? I'm sorry? You haven't done that already? No. Oh. I was going to, but then I, I kind of realized that this was what was kind of progressing, and I'm like, eh, I'm not going to do it until I pull it off. So, um, I mean, because it'll be easy to do once I do the trust. So, um, but uh, man, those bolts on the U bolt eliminator kit, those bolts were stuck. Uh, looking at it right now, I'd say I could just end up cutting like five of them and just letting the axle come out. Those things did not want to come out. You couldn't just put oxyacetylene to the to the plate. No, actually, I I have a kit here, but I don't have uh, my oxygen bottles empty. So, oh wow, it's the thing with oh. one of those little home kits is that that bottle is not very big, so it gets it get it runs out very quickly. Okay, mm-hmm. so let's talk through the link suspension. You're running over our eyes. You're gonna link mm-hmm. it. They're gonna have to be beefy links because your rig's not light. Uh, uh, yeah. Trusses on both axles. I'm actually going to run uh, those uh, large lengths from uh, Summit Machine. I was nice. actually just, Julie was messaging me recently. She's like, oh, I'm, I'm going to have them done at this time. And actually, that's actually a question I want to ask is that, you know, are you raising a pinky to me? Oh, yes, I am, sir, because you just said you're going to do Summit Machine. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God. Yeah, no, I definitely. Thing about Heim joints is that it, you really get what you pay for on those. So uh, I know oh, their joints are legit. They are, and um, you know, I messenger a while back, kind of talking about this. That um, they offer nine sixteenths, five eighths, and three quarters. And I had told her I was going to go with five eighths, but she's like, you know, we can change it at some point. I thought about going to three quarter inch bore, you know, three quarter inch bolt size. But the problem is, there's not a lot of misalignment with those. That's fucking massive. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, five, so five, eights, worry about it. five eights should be good. I mean, that's like an M16. If I was going to, basically, the consensus I came up with recently talking with other people on LinkedIn rigs is five eights should be plenty. Just bring some extra five eights bolts just in case, you know, keep them in your, you know, your toolbox or. What are you going to do? Shear a five eights yeah. bolt? Are you going to shear it? Like, well, really? Is that a thing that happens? That's like, that's kind of crazy, like, right? Well, what what are my intentions with this rig? You know, am I going to go run, try to keep up, um, go, go to King of Hammers and try and run some of these trails like as hard as they do? No. So, you know, I think three quarter would have its place, you know, for certain vehicles, but <laughs> I, I, three I've, quarter inch bolts. I've, you're not Jake so Berkey. Crazy. Yeah, I've you're not rock bouncing, rock climbing. Me. But by all means, if anyone listening thinks I should go three quarter inch, go on the uh, Total Off Road Podcast social media page on Facebook and say, "Growy, put three quarter inch in there." So, is it significantly more expensive, like all around it? Do, like, no, three quarter versus you just get a lot misalignment. less misalignment with those. Oh yeah, you don't want that. Yeah, so um, gotta get that know, flex on. 
kind of have to draw a line in the sand with some things, whether it's price, budget, or, you know, articulation at this point, you know, um, that I don't have any of the links set up yet, but I imagine at some point, you know, you'll, you definitely need some uh, misalignment for uh, what I want to do. So, but I only got ORIs ordered for the rear because, you know, I'm going to set up the rear to run the ORIs. And then um, ORIs are really hard to get in 14 inch right now. So, you know, if since I'm doing a lot of him do some tube work up front, you know, that kind of opens the gate for different ways of how I can mount the ORIs. So um, I want to see I want to mount the rear and get it all set up, but then also using for mock up on the front, you know, because if I can run at 16 up front, maybe that's something I need to consider. So. If you can twist your truck in half, then why not? Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> I mean, I've seen people on like JKs with like eight or 10 inch ORIs, and even they are getting like tons of, you know, flex over where they need to be, you know, but like. It depends where they are, right? The closer it is to the knuckle, the less, the more, Um, or the less you get, right? mm -hmm. But like my ambitions with this truck are, you know, definitely it's going to be a big step forward, but I kind of want to do it right, you know, so. I've even said, you know, yeah, it'd be great if I could get it done by summer, but realistically, even if it's not done until the next fall or winter, so be it. But, you know, maybe since um since I'm selling the Dana 60 I have not a mic, maybe I can get a permanent uh passenger uh hall pass for his truck for a while. Yeah. <laughs> oh hell yeah. Okay. You cut me a good deal, so yeah, you can ride along. Uh so we've been going for a while. Um I have one more question about what else you have planned for the future? Because you think you talked about the roll back wall, the roll K or roll bar rather. Mm-hmm. Are you going XO or not? XO because I am a large, tall fellow and I need every bit of headroom I can. But, but you are going to cage it, I guess, is my question. Yes, I am okay. going to cage it. Nice. And I'm going to have. I've conceded that I'm going to have a I'm going to have a B pillar of some sort. And yeah, it will be an extra cage, but there will be some tuber coming down for a B pillar. Right. You know, if I'm going to do all this, I'm not going to cry about cutting a two and a half inch hole to get some tube going through the cab. You know, that's so you're, so you're going to do a B pillar. Do a hybrid the then. Yeah, it's a hybrid. Yes. Yeah. Nice. It's going to do a just, snow if day. I if I don't keep the doors, it may just come on the outside. Then it might be an X on the inside with a lateral brace too. I mean, I. I don't know, and quite honestly, I'll actually be leaning on some of you guys for some feedback while I'm doing some of the tube work and one of the chat groups. But um, you know, I, I've done a ton of research, but still, you know, once you're when you're in one of those spots where you're building something and you're just kind of at a crossroad, you know, I lean on a lot of people sometimes just kind of help figure out what's the best path moving forward. You know, and a lot of people do that. You know, what is some. Nothing wrong with that, man. Don't I leaned on Derek super hard when I saw an axle swap my truck. Yeah. I was like, Derek, what do I do? <laughs> and then we just started cutting. We just started cutting. The next thing all you right, know, it's all axle swap. I said, more sawzall, less research. Yep, yep, Derek coined the phrase, not Ian. I'm gonna have, yep. I don't have one of those stickers. I'm going to have to get a big one and put it on there. So There you go. That's, Especially since I, your truck is completely undrivable. I was going right to say, like, we didn't really talk about that. We talked. We said that before the episode when we were kind of planning. But like you yeah. totally were like, I just started cutting more saws, less research. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Wonderful. Um, I was gonna make a, I was gonna make a video because I remember when I showed up to Badlands. You guys were there. It was the one they had that Great American Crawl, and I just finished the rear tube work on this. This for this like tube bed. I remember showed up there, and I seen Derek had noticed that. 
the rear leaf spring on the front part where the factory hanger was is I still had that in there even with all the you know rosette walls or big old rivets in there. He's like, bro, you can take the five minutes to cut that off. And I'm like, right. no. <laughs> and then I remember earlier today I was like cutting it and I almost had like a little piece left. And I was gonna take a video and be like, Derek, remember how I didn't take this <laughs> off and drove you crazy? I was gonna take a sledgehammer and like knock the rest of it off. But then when I did that. The, there's actually two pieces of C channel right there behind the cab, and it is very beefy. So I've hit it like five times in the video, and I'm like, this isn't gonna freaking work. Well, let's scratch this idea. And then you hit it so hard it blew a hole in your oil pan. Not that's what happened quite. on that's what happened on mine when I saw that. Yeah. Hey, we need to wrap the show yeah, up. Yeah, we We're do. Like an, a minute, a minute forty, <laughs> an hour forty. Just <laughs> so fast. I mean, I can speed it up to a minute forty, but nobody will understand a word we said. Dana sixty. Can can we do partners real fast? Like, can I like do it like super fast? You do it. Go as fast as you can. Okay. Uh, you need offer fabric. It didn't go so good. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I got this. Off-road fabrication parts, or a you need just any off-road parts at all. Complete off-road. You want to inflate or deflate your tires, more flate. And if you need recovery gear, crawler off-road. Damn, that was good. Five six three five eight three five three six three for complete off-road. You forgot that. Yep, we don't have the phone number for any of the other places. <laughs> <on> the <internet. laughs> we'll catch you on the trail. Bye. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing if that's how it ended. I we I we did that last time though. Um, we, can't just, we just can't keep doing that <laughs> um, i like it though. no but seriously um we do need to move to the patreon this has been a long ass episode tons of really cool information growy thank you for coming on and telling us all about all your plans i'm excited to see what you're doing i am going to take some learning from you with your new uh you know endeavors so yeah ret- uh i don't know tables have turned my friend <laughs> Yeah, oh, it's definitely exciting, but uh, I'm looking forward to the challenge. I'm getting I'm looking forward to building stuff in my garage again. So, so you're and, you're M Growy on Instagram, Mike. You're Mike so funny, right? Any underscores? Yeah, and I am D No underscores. And this is the Total Off Road Podcast. Total underscore Off Road underscore Podcast on Instagram, I believe. I hope sounds about right. That sounds about right. I don't need to fact check this. Any last words, Mike? Uh, don't. Buy beer that sucks. That's that's wonderful advice. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you for listening to Total Off Road Podcast, and we'll catch you on the trail. Don't buy beer that sucks.